CTSnet friends. Welcome to the first September 2023 podcast. My name is Joel Dunning. I'm here uh, presenting the Beat CTSnet podcast, uh, giving you all the most interesting and latest news and all the events around the world. We have an aortic feast for you today, so don't go away if you love everything aortic. Uh, we've got some amazing detailed guidelines. We've got a um, great gadget for aortic repair, uh, and we've also got some, some scientific abstracts. Uh, we've got a really interesting set of videos from really different places around the world. We have a Ukrainian video and a video with the interview of the surgeon and a lovely mitral uh, minimally invasive replacement as well. Uh, so don't go away, we'll get stuck straight into it. article that we're going to profile for you is for you people with an interest in aortic surgery. This is an incredible article. So it's entitled the updated JCS JSCVS JATS uh, JSVS 2020 guideline on diagnosis and treatment of aortic aneurysm and aortic dissection. So this is from Japan. This is an update from their 10 year old guideline. It's published this month in the circulation journal and wow it is enormous i think i haven't ever seen a bigger guideline it's it's like a it's like a textbook uh, not a guideline so if you're junior if you're a registrar you want to learn everything for an exam that you ever wanted to know this is the place for you um it has wait for it 86 figures. It has 1,943 references. It's uh, it's about 150 pages um, and it's just incredible. Everything you wanted to know um, on aortic disease, dissection, uh, aortic aneurysm. Uh, it has a lot of really good definitions, so it starts off relatively uh, basically, but actually is great. Uh, it talks a lot about things like intramural hematoma, um, saying that in the West, we regard this a bit more more as a thrombosed false aluminum, but, but where in Japan they regard this more as a dissection without an intimal tear. Um, they actually say that they're going to move their definition a bit more towards the West, although in their final definition they've sort of melded it. It's like a thrombosed lumen and also no intimal tear. Um, so that was really interesting. They also went through uh, ulcer-like projections, uh, penetrating atherosclerotic ulcers uh, and how to classify classify these and uh, and the risks of rupture of those. They go through in amazing length uh, the debatey, debakey classifications, the Crawford classifications, the landing zones for TVAR. They, they're really up to date so they talk about all the hybrid techniques for repairing aneurysms and even dissections with frozen elephant trunks, really supporting them as well. Um, they do stay very mainstream saying that surgery is the gold standard for aortic dissections and, and aneurysms. They say that uh, they fix aneurysms above 55 millimeters in the ascending aorta. They also have some good interesting article text on how you're going to measure that. Don't just get the axial view and just measure across because that's going to get it at an angle and it's not reproducible. You need a 3D CT scan and you need to get the aorta at exactly the right minimal diameter. So you've actually got to rotate it, get the smallest diameter and if that's above 55 you replace. They obviously discuss that it's 45 for Marfans and, and, and other Lois Dietz and other things, smaller still etc. Um, so much more. Uh, I'm not even scratching the surface on it. It really is, you know, what 
a tome. Uh, and it's very compatible uh, with the 2022 ACCAHA guidelines on aortic disease. So they've looked at theirs in detail. They've sort of paired it up, unified things. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, definitely worth a read uh, if you're doing anything to do with the aorta. So that was a really interesting article that I liked a lot. And staying uh, kind of with the aorta, uh, we really love this article uh, by Mark Hazekamp from the Leiden uh, in the Netherlands. And the title of it is Aortic Valve Visualization and Pressurization Device, a novel device for intraoperative evaluation for aortic valve repair procedures. This is bang, bang out new in the European Journal of Cardiothoracic Surgery. It's free full text online. Line, so you can download it because you really should because there's some great images about this gadget. So you know we uh, test the mitral valve quite easily, squirt some fluid in it, see how much leaks back, but it's a lot more difficult to test the aortic valve uh, and an aortic valve repair has not taken off in the same way uh, that, that mitral valve repair has taken off and I think part of that is, is anxiety about testing uh, the valve but people are doing a lot of valve sparing root replacements uh, and that was the main reason for creating this device. Um, it's really clever so if you do an aortic valve sparing root replacement this valve then then this sorry this gadget uh, attaches on the top of your dacron graft uh, like a sort of cap and it's got a little hole uh, where you put some uh, some kind of cardioplegia because you can measure the pressure of that and then it's got a big hole for a 10 millimeter straight or 30 degree endoscopic camera so you fill the root with cardioplegia uh, which is great you're going to do that anyway aren't you? you give some plegia after you've done the valve um, and then you can pressurize it up to 60 to 80 millimeters of mercury but then the magic is that using your endoscope you can actually see um, you can actually see uh, the valve leaflets you can see anywhere that might be leaking which is really really great idea uh, and also you can measure they go through steps that you can measure how many mils a minute there is in of leakage uh, in so which is also a really clever idea and then they document their use of this in in a number of, of cases uh, they took 24 patients doing valve spraying root replacement their median leakage was 90 mils a minute which you know it's not too bad but they said there were a couple of valves one was 330 mils a minute one was 260 mils a minute and in both those cases with visual inspection um, they decided they would actually replace that valve instead um, so so actually it saved two patients having unacceptable regurgitation and it looked really easy so genius I thought fantastic um, um, and uh, so, so well done to, to that group and check it out on the European Journal uh, website now. The third article we've got for you is quite a scientific article. Uh, it was by Manuel Mayer and others at King's College London, and it was published in the very prestigious Circulation Research. It's a proteonomic atlas of atherosclerosis, the contribution of proteoglycans, sex differences to plaque phenotypes and outcomes. So this very top-level group uh, is at the very forefront of looking at the DNA and RNA of atherosclerotic plaques to look 
at uh, all the proteins that are being created and generated and what's normal and what's abnormal in a plaque. Um, they have taken 219 carotid endarterectomy samples. They've extracted uh, the protein and, and DNA and made the RNA sequences and they've basically gone out of a look. What have they found? Well, they found lots of different uh, proteins, but the key thing is that they found four key proteins um, and if you put them together, it predicted future mortality uh, with a success of 75%, which is really quite clinically meaningful. So maybe in the future, there's a chance that maybe you'd send your, your whatever, atherosclerotic aorta, carotid, whatever, to the lab. Uh, they might be able to look for these key four proteins and predict more accurately the chance of a cardiovascular mortality of any type of that patient with a 75% success. So I guess that's quite useful, really. That's finally proteonomics coming to clinical use. And you could really see yourself using that because uh, normally, I don't know about you, but we we sometimes send the aorta uh, for pathology, but you never quite what to know what to make of the report, or sometimes you don't. But actually, if you could actually get a proper analysis and a risk stratification of their mortality risk over the next five years, maybe the high-risk people you could scan more, uh, you could bring back to clinic more, do stress tests if they're getting angina, etc., a lot more, uh, and just monitor a lot more to try and prevent that cardiovascular uh, mortality risk. So I thought that was actually, while highly technical, uh, the article, it does look like it shines a light on finally something clinically practical that we might be doing perhaps in the next five years. So that was all our interesting news articles that we've got for you. Uh, and I'm going to hand over to the CTSNA office to tell you what else there is on the website uh, this week. Are you on the lookout for a new job in cardiothoracic surgery? Hundreds of open positions are waiting for you at CTSNet's Career Center. Through ctsnet.org, you can browse jobs and sign up for custom job alerts direct to your inbox. For an even more enhanced experience, create a free account and upload your resume so employers and recruiters can find you. Happy job hunting! Now, back to the beat. Welcome back and thanks for that message. So. This next video I found fascinating, and I'll tell you why in just a minute, but here's the title. Glib Yemets uh, from the Ukrainian Children's Center in Kiev. Uh, it's a totally endoscopic beating heart second redo tricuspid valve replacement. First of all, I'll tell you about the case because I thought it was a really, really good case. It's minimally invasive, it's redo, uh, it's from congenital. So, you know, super difficult surgery performed beautifully. So it was a 16-year-old boy. Uh, he had type C Epstein anomaly in childhood. He'd undergone a cone reconstruction uh, with a Heimlich cylinder valve, but that had all stenosed up. Uh, and, uh, and, and the proposal was to do a totally endoscopic beating heart redo tricuspid valve replacement. That was going to be the first in the country um, uh, in, in Ukraine. But uh, it's a beautiful video. It's absolutely fantastic. This this video, video could have come from the Cleveland Clinic, could have come from the very best unit around the world. It's beautifully described in immaculate English uh, and really nicely showed the tricuspid valve being taken away. Really good tips about where to be careful when you're taking the tricuspid valve out uh, to make sure you don't cause a VSD or heart block. Uh, shown nicely and then a really good finish off replacing that valve. So, so it was really good. They used a 3D 
endoscope uh, and it was just wonderful. Uh, so first of all, you can see this by clicking the show notes below. And uh, and I thought it's just really good. You know, why please your heart? You don't need to. It's redo anyway. Super difficult. So so beating heart tricuspid surgery looked really good. Uh, and uh, so very recommended if you're ever faced with that. But secondly, I thought this you this is Ukraine. This is Kiev in Ukraine. I couldn't believe this video had come out of Ukraine in the last six months. And it had. So uh, myself in the office contacted uh, Glibia Metz uh, and, uh, and just said, could, could we have a ch chat about the video and about your life? So the second video is that chat. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure for me to talk to Glibia Metz on not the best uh, internet connection. I'm sure you'll forgive us for doing an internet connection into a zone but uh, we provided some subtitles as well but glib is an absolutely wonderful guy he's been trained mainly in the ukraine but uh, but he's doing absolutely fantastic a high level of minimally invasive surgery he does a lot of congenital he does a lot of adults but he tells us all about when the war started he literally came to the hospital with his whole team he spent 40 days living in the hospital doing trauma you know just trying to patch up 20 year olds who'd had their limbs blown off uh, couldn't go home to his family family fled uh, and you know what a crazy thing and and yeah he took it all in his stride he just said yes we just stopped, got mucked in uh, we got going and uh, and we asked him how it's going now he said there was a second wave of crisis but he says things are fairly normal uh, you know bombs and and, uh, and 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 air raid warnings every now and again but but he does go home every day and he's doing normal cardiac surgery again I guess it's a large country it's a really geographically enormous country and it's you know is actually a very first world country except for this war so I found this absolutely fascinating um, I wonder if you'd like to reach out and help him or just say well done to him. Reach out to his profile on CTSnet. Send him an email. Just say we're thinking of you. Um, do you need anything? Do you need any support? And just well done uh, with your amazing work you're doing in the middle of Ukraine. So so that was our second video uh, is my interview with Glib Yemets. And I just thought that was a, a great experience chatting to him in Kiev. The third video is really nice because again a really international video showing that minimum invasive cardiac surgery really is crossing the world and this is from Egypt uh, this is by Mohammed El Adel and Mohammed Nadi uh, and uh, this video is a really nice uh, mitral valve uh, replacement um, it's showing their periareola technique um, they call it the PAMI periola minimally invasive approach and uh, it's a good video um, and um, they tell us that uh, this has been done a lot in Brazil uh, and they'd had a good look into that. And uh, and basically the, the small incision they make just goes over the nipple, about a centimetre either side, fourth space. Uh, they've got a few other incisions for your left atrial retractor, for the chitwood clamp, for the camera. They're really very small. So the main incision is that periareola peri incision. Um, they spend quite a lot of time in the video showing us the femoral cannulation, uh, making sure that's done safely. Uh, they then show us the view that they get once they've got that left atrial retractor in and once they've got their endoscope in, showing uh, a, uh, a damaged aortic uh, mitral anterior leaflet. Um, and uh, and it was really nicely done. So well done, the authors there. And, and the thing that struck me was yet again, another country uh, in Egypt uh, doing the very best in surgery. Well done to them. 
upcoming events. We are getting very close to the Birmingham Review 30th anniversary course. Uh, this is on the 21st to the 23rd of September uh, in the Birmingham Heartlands and it really is a who's who of all specialties because they have cardiac surgery, thoracic surgery, congenital surgery and transplant surgery. Um, if you're a trainee, a registrar attending anywhere in the world, this is like a must. If you want to do one course uh, to pass an exam, this is it. And if you want a refresher or to see what's new and good, uh, feel free to join in. Um, I believe there is an online version and there's an in-person version. And we actually are very lucky that we get a huge amount of the videos from the Bowman Review course. So we'll profile some of them after the course and some will profile before the 2024 course. So thank you very much to them, uh, to, to uh, all the organisers there for linking with us at CTSnet so well. EAX Case Corner is doing a mechanical circulatory support session. It's a virtual course, so wherever you are in the world, you can log into this, uh, and I believe it's free. So log on at the EAX uh, website, have a look. It's also September the 21st, uh, and it's going to be all about complex mechanical circulatory support cases. Um, and finally, the AATS uh, is announcing the International Thoracic Surgical Oncology Summit. This is a really big deal. Guess what? Same dates as the other two, uh, the 22nd to the 23rd. Uh, but this is a thoracic, uh, quite expert uh, group. It's at New York Times Square, and uh, it really is cutting edge. Everything that's new, everything you want to know about chemo, IO, robotic approaches, uh, 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 everything that we're doing, multimodals, advanced cancers, uh, lectures, debates, uh, how to do it, videos. So it's always a good session. It's always probably one of the best thoracic oncology sessions there are uh, worldwide. And so do check that out if you're interested. Where's Diego, the roving surgeon that travels the world teaching thoracic surgery with his foundation? Well, he's been in Burundi uh, and uh, an, uh, this incredible developing world country. And he's actually posted a video about this country who can't even afford underwater seal drains. So he shows us their technique for taking a normal plastic bottle and creating an underwater seal drain with it. And if that wasn't enough for Diego this week, he also appeared on Spanish TV demonstrating a brand new uniportal robot from Shanghai in China. This looks like a completely working final product. It was pretty mind-blowing. Um, it looked, to be honest, very much like a Singapore Intuitive XI, really. Uh, it had three motion arms. It had a snake camera. It actually looked like it could rotate more than the Intuitive version. It had a slightly different surgeon console, although it was a periscope one, um, and fascinating. Um, I think the fascinating thing is where it's come out of nowhere. I've, I've really not heard about this until he's been posting about this in the last few weeks. So I'm guessing we're going to hear a lot more about this, especially if Diego's super excited about it. I'm guessing that the world's largest uh, thoracic surgery hospital, the Shanghai Pomni Hospital, will be getting a few of these. Remember, they got intuitive already. So I am guess they'll be leading the world on uniportal robotic surgery. And let's let's watch this space. But I bet we'll be seeing our first cases this year. Great job, uh, Diego. And finally, for our honourable mention, I just can't go any further than just saying an amazing thank you to Glib Yemets, uh, the Ukrainian surgeon 
in Kiev. And, uh, you know, it's just mind blowing. Our jobs are difficult enough uh, without doing it in a war zone. I don't know if I would be pushing the boundaries of minimally invasive surgery. I'd be just getting in, getting out and going home. But uh, congratulations to Glebe. He, he just sounded so um, dedicated, devoted and hardworking to his profession. Uh, and I think it was an honour to talk to him and really hats off to him and everybody uh, working in Ukraine in cardiac and all surgery. So that's it for this week. Thank you very much for watching to the end. It's much appreciated. And uh, I'll be here next week with another summary of everything that's new and great in cardiothoracic surgery. Thank you.